So and you were telling have, me about your in OBS. California friends. Yeah. So they moved to the area like right at the beginning of COVID and it, it kind of worked out okay. Um, at least like timing wise, because we're, we're a small church anyway. And um, they started doing a, a testimony Sunday school class, which is basically tell your story. And then everyone else reacts with the times that they saw like God working in your, in the way you tell your story. Um, just coming at your experiences with a different perspective. Cause you know how, when you have your own experience, you see it through your lens and obviously someone else hearing that described could view it completely differently. So they did that. And it was a really cool community experience because, like I said, we're not a big church, but it was a like a sizable group of people was in this class and bought in. They said, we're going to talk about real life stuff that has happened. We're going to be as serious as each individual person chooses to be. And I mean, I know I've gone to I've gone to this church for over a decade and I know people better now than I did ever before. That's fantastic. That's that's good growth. Yeah. And Posi- I mean positive growth, I guess you could say. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's grown. I guess their their influence has grown in a good way cuz influence can grow in a bad way, and I think we've all experienced that. Um Oh yes. To, to, for sure. <laughs> especially in churches. Not um, saying any names or pointing any fingers. I I mean, I want to, but I won't cuz it's the wrong thing to do. But like we actually have so much hyper local mission focus like there's an elementary school around the corner that they did a prayer walk at like in the school tonight and i mean i wasn't able to go because we have family coming in for this weekend and i had to come pick up the house and we had all that rain and champ and parker were outside and it was just a, it was a whole thing um but i was sad to miss it and it's it's a really cool opportunity series of opportunities really um that we've been given and we have leadership with the the vision and ambition to to see it through well that's so incredible it, that's a really cool story yeah. I like hearing stories like that. It's it's very exciting. Well, I'm glad things are going well in your world. Me too. And you said you all had just started a life group. Or not just started, but recently. Yeah, we, well, we've been a part. We started a life group about, well, I guess it was back in February, but it's really grown here nice. recently. To Excellent. the point that there is almost a full apostles worth of people. And uh, and we're, we're reaching that point where we're about to send people out Yo. to, you know, various other places, I guess. That is pretty cool. And so because of that, we, um, I was, I was having to apologize to John because like, we've gotten so involved with stuff that like, I'm like, oh man, Wednesday nights are going to be hard because we've got so much going on. And then of course, at the same time, we're both scratching our heads going, but what other night can we really do this? Right. Because we both have very busy schedules. So it's, um, I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll figure that out. If you have any input on what we should do. (laughs) With our own lives. You're probably our parents. Um. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, you can uh, just call me. Oh, man. That was a, that was a low blow. I apologize. It was, it was funny, though. I appreciate it. Uh, you, you mentioned the rain. We actually got some rain for oh. the first time in, like, no joke, I think it's been a month. Yeah, I would believe that. Since we've had any significant rainfall. So we got some rain actually. along with that. Our heads are going to hurt, and it's, you know... All the good stuff. Yeah, it'll be fall. What do you do? What do you do? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. No, I am the father. Bond. James Bond. And here we go. 
Well, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, is John and in his Kansas City something. Pioneers. Pioneers. That is a field hockey team that uh-huh. he supports. Uh, close, but also not close at all. Oh, okay. Badminton. <laughs> They're an esports organization. They oh, actually, okay. They actually, yesterday, I think, finally, and I will say finally, um, got team decals in Rocket League. So in the game Rocket League, you can actually like get the skin to represent this organization. And I think that's super cool. So, John, maybe you can clear something up for me. So I, I understand that gaming, video games, mm-hmm. have become so popular to where they have become a spectator sport. Yeah. And yeah, are featured absolutely. on some pretty prominent like sports casting type of stuff. Now, I read the other day that there was a group of individuals that were going to be participating in some sort of gaming something, and they were not able to participate because they were wearing Crocs. <laughs> What? Please, please help me understand what the reason behind this is. Uh, Because Crocs are bad. Like as a fashion statement, because I agree with that. But how do they affect your gaming? They don't. It's probably someone who just wanted attention. Um, It's not a story that I've seen. It has not come across my radar. But I will very somewhat unfortunately say that Crocs are the nickelback of footwear in the sense that they catch a lot more flack than they really deserve. And if you gave them a try, you would probably actually enjoy it. I have I have friends who like wearing Crocs as part of their brand and they actually sound like they're very comfortable. So I can say from personal experience, they are comfortable. But as far as wearing them in public, <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. I've, I've never done it, so I can't. I try really hard. If I don't actually have experience with something, I try not to knock it aggressively. Um, and I have done that with Crocs. So I'll walk that back a little bit. Uh, but there are some people who I will still I will still talk trash to because it's fun. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, it's funny how these trends keep coming back. And, yeah. and, it, and it, I don't know about you, but it just, it makes me feel that much older when I know like, oh, hey, this was a popular thing when I was in middle school. It hurts, dude. And now it's back and it's like, that was just in middle school. And then I'm like, just in middle school was like a really long time ago. Yeah. Do you, uh, do do you want to hear another hurtful revelation I had recently? Oh dear. Yeah, go for it. So this wasn't actually my revelation. I think Meg was talking to somebody and it came up. She was purchasing an adult beverage at the store and someone at the store said well let me see your id oh it starts with a one you're fine oh oh isn't that upsetting oh dear (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's true but that doesn't mean they had to say it 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 hurts but at the same time (laughs) it does make things a lot faster for the cashier to just look for the one instead of a two oh 100 but good gracious could you Say it a little more gently. It was it was straight to the jugular. Like with a little uh, bit more love uh, would be nice. <clears throat> oh gosh. Not not gonna make it. Oh that 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 cringe. <laughs> well, something a little less cringy is what we're gonna be reviewing today, which is Alien. Absolutely. Nineteen seventy nine. Classic. Man, this is one of those movies that everyone should see. Even if you're not into the horror thriller genre, it's just Good. It's it's a staple of American cinema. Yeah, I would. I so we obviously Tuesday night movie night. We watched this last night, and 
I had, I, I was able to come up with three very quick um, pinnacles of, call I guess, call it not truly modern science fiction cinema, but like that era. Because obviously, if you go further back, you have the original The Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, you have Orson Welles's uh, War of the Worlds, which wasn't cinema, but I think we all know kind of the phenomenon that that was. But I thought Alien, Predator, and Terminator 2 are three of like the foundational building blocks of science fiction cinema. I can agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, maybe I don't, I'm honestly hesitant to put Star Wars in that category with them because I don't like, it is a science fiction blockbuster. Like critically, I feel like it does not hold up to the other three, which hurts me to say as a Star Wars fan. I think as far as that goes, that's something we should hold because I've got some, some interesting tidbits conversation for uh, of this movie but we will get to that in just one minute first before we get there let's first share some social media stuff let's get that out of the way we usually save it till the end but we We want you to know that we want to hear from you the listener so if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at they didn't ask us at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter john you can follow john at jmuller8332 down below down his below. <laughs> screen there we, we have and video then, now <laughs> yeah we are getting fancy up in here and then uh you can follow me then nerd is underscore in and you can also follow the show tdau underscore pod all of that on twitter we would love to have you as followers and then also please feel free to send us messages absolutely yeah we've we've had a few people reach out so it's it's always satisfying to like have people either with feedback or with ideas it's i mean because i'll be be honest i'm not going to speak for both of us um as a rule i try to only speak for myself because it's the most fair way to be i sometimes run out of like oh man what should we talk about next i have no idea and getting stuff thrown at us is like oh you know i wouldn't have thought about that because again as i was i was talking i was telling a story with jay earlier you view things through your lens and your experiences there are a lot of things people like that i don't like and there are a lot of things i like that people don't like so if you have things that you really want us to to talk about or i guess really want us to not talk about <laughs> if you if you have yeah, this if y'all could do that less that would be great like if you have this horrible movie that you love and you really don't want us to talk actually you probably shouldn't bring that up because then we will talk about it oh we will for sure talk yeah. about it yeah maybe you maybe asked keep us that not one. to talk about it that's just asking for it but i mean we've reviewed my favorite movie on the pod before so jay have we reviewed your favorite what is your all-time favorite movie see that's a hard question I have a hard time answering that question because there are so many good movies out there. Probably our first one that we did, which was The Dark Knight. Mm, that, that is, was, a, that is probably, a good favorite movie. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, um, and then for me, it's Skyfall. I just oh yes, Skyfall. It's perfect. It's not. It's not perfect. It's very good. It's it close. Is, it is exceptional. Yes. Um. But, so uh, but yeah, please send us send us the uh, the messages. Uh, I'll I may or may not get really excited when I see messages in my inbox. And sing the letter song from Blues Clues. Stop. (laughs) But first, let's talk about a little bit of the news. So first up, we got a Mario trailer. I'll be 100% honest. I have deliberately not watched it. I'm very scared. You haven't missed out on much, so it's okay. It's, um, it's, uh, it's there. It It, it uh, is a trailer. It's a trailer. Uh, I have to say Jack Black got most of the attention with his Bowser voice as he should and he's a he's a excellent person and he uh I, I think he nailed it it sounds really good um then we also had Chris Pratt very briefly with his Mario voice um I mean it's 
it's Chris Pratt. Yeah. Attempting kind of sort of at a Mario voice. How so. how likely do you think it is? I guess not likely. Let's go possible. Let's let's dampen expectations a little bit more. How possible do you think it is that he gets Sonic the Hedgehog? Like they bring it, they they see the reception of him in the trailer, and there was already a low bar, right? We had low expectations for Chris Pratt in this, but they bring in like a dialect coach or something, and like Chris, look, we're sorry, uh, but you're a pro, and we need you to re-record all of your lines. We need you to be better. Like, do you think that is at all in the realm of possibility? I do think it is possible. I do. However, at the same time, we really haven't gotten much of what his voice is actually going to be. Like, that's one thing. Like, even in the trailer, what he says is really not that much. So there's not... It's really hard to... Like, people are really upset with his voice, but at the same time, he hasn't really said much. So to me, it seems like it's kind of unfair to put some harsh judgment on it because he hasn't really done anything yet. He hasn't really said anything. I think that's fair. So I don't know. And also I kind of respect that they didn't use, I can't remember his name, but the guy who actually, the actual voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't use him because Mario doesn't really talk like, (sighs) He, he he does, but it's like little catchphrases. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. He doesn't have like actual dialogue. So to have somebody actually play a Mario character makes more sense to me to not have the guy who actually plays Mario. I don't know. That's just me. Okay. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I did not think about it in that context. So um I did I did hear a lot of the so as someone in the video game space, um I heard two main reactions to the trailer. Uh, one is the French Mario sounds way better. Someone watched the trailer in French and they just thought he sounded better. And the common reaction to that is, well, yeah, France borders Italy. <laughs> yeah. So that was that's, just kind that's, of a, that's true. Yeah. That, that makes a whole lot of sense there. Uh, and the second one was if in the movie, Mario does not drop a penguin off of a glacier, people will want their money back. That is iconic Mario. And I haven't played Mario, but I've watched a whole lot of people. Like, I've watched a whole lot of Games Done Quick, which is a, a speed running marathon for charity. And I'm pretty sure they play some Mario game every time. And I've seen a lot of where we're dropping this penguin off the cliff. So I, I want it to happen. Yeah. One thing we did learn about in the trailer is that this is the first time Mario has been to the Mushroom Kingdom. He's never been there before, so this is a new world to him. Like, that's the first thing that happens is he he pops out of one of the... He gets shot out of one of the uh, pipes, and when he lands, he looks around, and he's like, what is this place? Oh, so no. he, he has no idea where he is. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Jay, what, uh, what are Mario's overalls made out of? What? Denim, denim, denim. Oh, dear. <laughs> so moving on to Marvel movies... <laughs> I love that joke. It's so bad. Oh, man. Um, I totally, in in our notes, I totally misspelled Blade. But uh, Blade, oh, I guess I should start out with saying Marvel movies have been delayed. Uh, Big time, actually. Yeah. Um, So the Blade movie has been moved to June 9th, 2024, due to recently losing its director. So that's uh, not great. It's not great. And then I think... The way I see it is because of that, these other things have been moved as well. Yeah. So Deadpool has been moved to November 8th, 2024. Fantastic Four has moved to February 14th, 2025. Avengers Secret Wars has moved to May 1st, 2026. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so Uh. the the question that I was going to raise with this was now there's going to be room for Spider-Man 4, which was never actually announced. I mean, we all had to think it was going to happen, right? 
I mean, I, the, I assumed for sure it would happen, and then when they didn't announce it, I was shocked. Yeah. The the way No Way Home ends, it could be a satisfying ending for the Tom Holland Spider-Man standalone movies. Not for the not the end of the character. Standalone. Like he would st- he's still a very important. I would say he's almost a cornerstone piece of who they have left. Um, but I don't want it to be the ending is the thing. Like it, it is very much the end of a downslope of a narrative arc, but I want more. And they would they would make so much money. <laughs> Which ultimately is is how you make that decision, right? I mean for in Disney's case? Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. They go, you say Marvel and they go, Marvel who? Who's who's that? If you put a little dollar sign after it, mm. then they're like, Oh yes, that. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Did did you answer Texas with a dollar sign? I will say one aspect of that development that I like is that they they didn't, oh, you know, this movie needs to be pushed back, but everything else we're just going to, you know, change around kind of as we feel like it. It's universally everything gets shifted back because that was kind of what we ran into with No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness is that things were supposed to happen in a different order. And I know we we talked about it a little bit with Morbius about how the mid credit scene was just kind of like, why is this here? This doesn't this doesn't relate to anything. Well, that mid credit scene doesn't happen if that movie releases before No Way Home like it was supposed to. There's no way it could. It wouldn't make any sense. So in that perspective, I would rather just universally push everything back. Which I think that's exactly what that's showing is that everything plays off of each other, yep. which is why they've had to move everything back. So Blade obviously does something with Deadpool, which does something with Fantastic Four, which does something with Secret Wars. So all of that, which Secret Wars is an Avengers movie. So now we can assume, okay, so Blade and Fantastic Four are going to be in Avengers Secret Wars. In one aspect or another, yeah. We, we suspect that anyway, because we know that it's a, a shared universe that's all connected, but... That just kind of confirmed it. But it does make things a little more complicated, especially with as much as it was pushed back. Yeah. Like, that's a big pushback. Like, it went, Avengers went from November, like, 9th to May 1st. I mean, if you're, if you're the execs at Disney, though, you're not really, you probably have an animated kids movie that you have targeting either or like either Thanksgiving or Christmas or both. And you're not going to release a Marvel movie and take away money from yourself. And that's, that's a fair, that's a fair point. Historically movies that studios believe in do not get released in January, February or March. And traditionally the first weekend of blockbuster summer is the first weekend in May. And also historically the Avengers movies have always released in May. Have they really? Yes, they have. Why did I think Endgame was later in the summer than that? No, because it was almost exactly a year later. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have the dates in front of me. I'm purely just guessing. So I'm confident that I could be wrong. Just trust me. Don't look it up. Well, now I really want to look it up. That's that's how confident I am. Uh, I'm going to just so I can prove you right. <laughs> um, so a really exciting rumor. And I, I it came out really in April. That this is true. Huh? It came out in April. Oh, see, I was. Yeah, you were really right. Close. You were more right than I was. Okay, so exciting rumor. <laughs> now that I've derailed us. Exciting rumor. Uh, Star Wars Ahsoka is said to be looking at Lars Mikkelsen for the Thrawn of, or for the role of Thrawn. Wait, I thought they already had somebody as a Grand Admiral cast for that movie or for the not, show. Not, I mean, they've had people that have like are going to be in the show, but there's but like not people Thrawn. don't really know wh- who they're going to be playing. Yeah. 
And so there's rumor that he could be playing the role, which would be awesome. So for those who don't know, he is the voice actor for Thrawn in the Rebels series. And he looks, I mean, to me, he looks like he could play the part very well. Um, He's also very tall. I think he's like 6'3" something like that so okay he's he's got the stature to be able to to pull that off i am gonna need to see a picture of this dude so i really hope that that is the truth that that is actually happening just because he did such a wonderful job voicing him so i would love to see that in live action how did they write a whole article without having his picture in it what are you doing lars oh i should have guessed how you spelled come on john he is um i want to say he's from danish oh okay he, I wonder if he, is he related to Mads Mikkelsen? It's his brother. Okay. Mads Mikkelsen was the dad in Rogue One. Oh. He was Le Chief in How Casino Royale. Brothers. Oh, fun. Yeah. He was. The, the acting ability would probably still be there. He was blackmailer Charles Augustus Magnuson in Sherlock, a show that I watched and do not remember. I don't remember that. <laughs> of course, um, those were also one of those shows that oh I Oh my gosh. Jay, he's Stregobor in The Witcher. Oh yeah! No, he can okay. he, he can definitely pull it off. What a weird thing for me to recognize somebody from. I love that show. Well, there you go. So yeah, there's no, the I'm, rumor. I'm I on board. The rumor is true. I'm on board with it, and we shall see. Um, we have no shows to review at this time, but by next episode, She-Hulk would have will have finished. The finale is so we'll tomorrow. You, we will give you our opinion on that. And I do. I have a I have a confession about Andor Jay. You're not going to like it. I'm guessing you don't like it. Um, It's not that I don't like it. It's that it's so slow. I can't watch it. Oh, okay. I can see that. My, so my son my, feels the same way. My parents were in town last week and my dad is a huge, is a huge Star Wars fan, um, which explains uh, the everything about me. And um, we, we sat down and we watched the first episode and, you know, we took a second to kind of digest it and we started the second episode and it was just nothing is happening. Like a lot of people are saying a lot of words, but nothing of consequence has happened. So if we get to the end of the show and it really does turn out to be like the uh, the Netflix Punisher show, do you remember the first season of it? I do. Very How well. it was slow, slow, yeah. slow, slow. But once it hit, everything started happening all at once. If Andor turns out to be like that, then I will push through it. But I am in a wait and see mode to see if it gets there. No, I, I, I totally get that. My my oldest, who I've, I've been watching it with, although I think I'm going to end up watching it without him, because he doesn't really care about it for the same reason. He yeah. thinks it's too slow. And I've really enjoyed it so far, but um, I think it's got just a few more episodes. But yeah, we'll we'll be reviewing that as well, possibly, when the time comes. But for now, we're going to review Alien. Alien. 1979 was the release directed by Ridley Scott written by Dan O'Bannon which is really interesting so the first little interesting little thing I have for you about this movie is Dan O'Bannon who wrote this script he actually had written a student it was like while he was still in school Mm -hmm. he wrote something that was kind of like Alien except it was it was actually written as a comedy (laughs) and And turned into this huge project that ended up doing really, really bad. And nobody liked it. They thought it was dumb. And then he basically brought that script out for this movie. And then they rearranged it and changed the alien and made it scary instead. And then it became the hit that it is. 
That's really interesting. Yeah. So I think the the more curious thing about that is it's he when he was going around with it when they decided to shift it from comedy to to the movie that it ends up being it's genuinely pitched as Space Jaws. Yeah, space. Yep, that's like, right. <laughs> that is it's so on the, the working nose. title was Space Jaws, and then uh, storm uh, starring Sigourney Weaver, who actually this was her very first movie. Mm-hmm. That I was very curious to to read that in the in the lead up to watching this movie. But also, I mean, 1979, you think that she's still active and starring in movies, right? I mean, it kind of makes sense that it would be everybody has a first movie, right? Um, other, But not everybody has a first movie that's this memorable. Fair. No, that is that is completely fair. Um, the other two cast members who I think are, are notable are uh, Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, Ian Holm, is in this movie. Um, and John Hurt is in this movie. John Hurt. He uh, when I- who actually was a backup for the original person. Well, who was supposed to play that role? He he was the first choice, but he had a conflict. And then the fir- the guy they ended up going with got sick, and because he got sick, it allowed for I want to did what was it? Uh, the conflict fell through. That's what it is. So he was able to he was able to film the movie anyway. Um, but you may know John Hurt from a previous movie that we reviewed. He was in Snowpiercer, and uh, he was Ollivander in Harry Potter. He was, and he was which which doc? He was a doctor, wasn't he? Yeah, he played, they called him, like, the wartime doctor. Like, the forgotten doctor or something. Yeah. The doctor time forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I really enjoy John Hurt in things. I think he's very, very talented. He is. So, I was I was excited to see him in this movie. Um, <clears throat> do we do we want a plot summary? I feel like it, it reads well. I, I uh, yes, there is a summary there. If you want to, to read it, do you have it pulled up? Uh, yeah, I was just going to grab the Wikipedia one. Oh, I've, I've got one right here. Uh, summary. In the distant future, the crew of the mining ship Nostromo are on their way home when they pick up a distress call from a distant moon. The crew are under obligation to investigate. A moon, not a space station. A moon. After landing, three crew members leave the ship to explore the area. At the same time, they discover a hive colony of some unknown creature... The ship's computer deciphers the message to be a warning, not a distress call. One of the eggs is disturbed and latches itself upon a crew member. That crew member is brought back on board, unknowingly bringing on board their destruction. After the alien hatches from the infected crew member, the ship's crew realizes that they are in great danger and they must destroy this new threat. That's pretty good. No spoilers. I, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before, before getting into... Um, I guess the the depths and the nitty gritty of this movie. I do have one warning about it, and that is if you are very light sensitive, if you don't like strobes, um, strobes are very prevalent for more of this movie than they should be. So if you are very light sensitive, maybe uh, be careful. Um, I'm not going to say you shouldn't watch the movie. Everyone should watch this movie. It's incredible. Um, but just be cautious. Also, I'm going to give that warning too, that if you have any children, they should probably not listen to the rest of the episode. I think that's fair. And also, I wouldn't recommend this movie for them either. I think that's also fair. Uh, both because of language and the intense... Mm, I mean, it, it's there's I, some gore. I would... That's, yeah, I would just say... I would just leave it as the intensity, because I know like when I was a kid... I so I watched Silence of the Lambs earlier than I should have, if we're being honest. Um, but Silence of the Lambs is a different intensity than Alien. Like I would classify them both as thrillers, but this one, the One's suspense, a psychological thriller, right? The suspense in this is so much more intense. I feel like. With, yes. With that, so let's go. 
some fun facts about this movie before we get into it. One, Ridley Scott has said that this movie actually takes place in the same universe as Blade Runner. That's which is awesome. really exciting. That's super cool, actually. Yeah. Obviously, at different time periods, but it takes place in the same universe. Does, does it? Is it ever established if this is what did what did we say this was? The yeah, distant I don't think future. They say exactly. Because I know that was one debate we had when we watched it yesterday. Was is this the distant past or the distant future? And we, I mean, we couldn't ever really come to a conclusion. And ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Like the movie just kind of exists outside of outside of a specific era of time. Yeah, it takes place in its own thing. Yeah. But uh, the other really th- cool thing about this movie, and, and uh, you know, we were talking about some iconic films earlier in American history, and one of the ones that John mentioned was Star Wars. And I will say, it really is because of Star Wars that this movie was actually made. Because Star Wars was released, and the popularity of Star Wars proved to these companies that sci-fi is actually a very big moneymaker. And so after the success with Star Wars, they then said, okay, they started scrambling around saying, we got to make our own sci-fi thing that's going to really, you know, we got, we got to keep turning these things out so that we keep making money. And so it's because of that, the alien was actually made. That's, I mean, that tracks because obviously alien is, is 1979 as we talked about earlier, but Star Wars 1977, I mean, one of, I mean, if Jaws is regarded as the first blockbuster, or at least the first summer blockbuster, then it would track that Star Wars being so soon after Jaws would have a similar impact for, for the genre of science fiction. I, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would have actually put that together. Yeah. So it really is because of the success of Star Wars that the sci-fi genre really took off like it did. And so because of that, we got alien. Um, so it is really cool. And it's also interesting to note that Alien made their movie for half the price of Star Wars. That's not surprising to me. Um, the movie, it only has like like four sets. The, mo- yeah. the movie takes place in the ship for the most part. There are some other things that happen. Like obviously they leave the ship to go to where all the eggs are. Um, but it's it's contained. It, um, do you want to know the, the cast of this movie in the end credits? Seven. There are seven people in this movie. Eight, if you include the alien, which, I mean, I think you should, you know, talk about somebody who put in some work. Um, so there are seven speaking parts in this entire movie. That alone is going to drop your price, <laughs> your budget, when you don't have, you know, all of that. And I mean, once you got the sets built, it wasn't really a whole lot else to do. Something interesting that they did with the set, as far as the scenes with the um, large dead alien when they got to the the big room the big giant room that had the dead alien in the middle of it um that scene in particular was actually filmed with ridley scott's children they put his children into spacesuits to make the set look bigger (laughs) that's awesome oh man so little things like that little details about this movie that are just pretty amazing and uh, it, it's also worth noting that the theatrical release, which is, I can't remember the runtime, but whatever the runtime is, they released a director's cut, I think, I want to say like 10 years later or something like that. And the director's cut only had five extra minutes of film time. And that's because that Ridley Scott said that the the theatrical release that he had was the release that he liked the most. That is borderline miraculous. That never happens. <laughs> Especially like... So, I mean, we like, we talked about Blade Runner earlier and how this exists in the same universe. What did we, what did we say there? How many editions of Blade Runner are there? Like six? 
Yeah, like too many. Yeah, no, there, there's entirely too many. Um, so yeah, it's it's exciting that it actually worked the first time. Yeah, he got to do what it is that he wanted to do. I I'm trying to find verification for the story that I told last night. Um, so one Which of is... the one of the stories that I've heard about this movie is obviously one of one of the iconic scenes, if not the most iconic scene of Alien, is the scene where it the the alien bursts out of John Hurt, right? He is the he's the one who he gets attacked by the face hugger and it puts a, an alien inside of him and it just bursts through his his stomach and obviously he does not make it RIP. Um the story that I've heard is the only thing on the script of that page, all it says is it appears. It is not described how. It is not yes, described it, when. I can confirm for you this story you're telling is true. And none of the actors knew that was going to happen. So in that moment, those are all genuine reactions. Yeah, John Hurt was the only person who knew exactly what was going to happen. Well, so yes, you're exactly so, right. Somewhat somewhat out of necessity, uh, he had to know. <laughs> Um, yeah. but I, oh, yeah. everybody's reactions in that scene are genuine reactions. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like I knew that going in and obviously the, the people that, that I watched the movie with weren't really, you know, super up on, on the lore, um, <laughs> or the, the mythos surrounding the movie. Um, that's such a cool story. Like knowing that and then seeing it happen is it's a different appreciation, I would say. Yeah. It just, it, it, I don't know. I, I look at that or I hear that, I hear that story. And then I look at the movies that we have now. And to me, that just kind of shows the passion that these people had for these movies. Like they genuinely wanted just the most authentic human experience on the screen. Like that's, that was the whole purpose of why they did what they did. And I can't help but look at our movies now and kind of question and be like, do people still have that same love and admiration for this or has it just become about the money? I, I think it can be both. Um, obviously you hear stories of, you know, I want to say, I genuinely do want to think it's Nicolas Cage who came out sometime recently in an interview and he was like, Oh yeah, no, I did that one. Cause I, cause I needed money there. I can't remember what actor it is, but he, he signed on to do a bad movie. He didn't believe in cause he had just, and I'm not, I'm not making this up. I just don't remember who it was. He had just purchased a castle <laughs> and he needed to pay for it. And he did this trash movie and he phoned it in, but he got the check and I'm just like, I'm sitting here in my house and I'm just like, if someone was going to pay me enough money that I could afford a castle, you bet I would do trash movies. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I, it's not to the same level, but I know Harrison Ford has done plenty of movies for that exact same reason where it's, he didn't care about the character. He didn't actually care about the movie at all. They just offered him the right amount of money and he was like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. And I mean, I respect that transparency because I mean, We've we've all had that thought. Yeah, because I know even with this uh, this new Indiana Jones movie, even with that one, like he they've known or he's known that they were going to make another one for like a few years now. And I remember when they asked him and they said, so you've seen the script and, and, and what they're doing, you, you agree with. And he was like, they they offered me the right amount. I, I saw dollars and I'm doing it. I saw dollar signs, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you so speaking of Harrison Ford and making new ones? Do you remember when he was on Conan before The Force Awakens came out? Was that the one where Chewie was in the audience? 
prop it seems like something Conan would do. Okay. Uh, but he Conan he, he has twenty dollars and he's like, I'll give you twenty dollars if you tell me something about the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> yes. And Harrison Ford reaches over, he takes the money and he leans in and he goes, I hear they're making a new one. <laughs> it's like this guy I love it. this freaking guy. It's incredible. I mean, come on. It's it's great. Oh yeah. Goodness. But yeah, um, you know, I think the one negative that some people will say about this movie is that the the alien itself is really not shown all that much. I mean, yeah. But to that, I say, don't worry about it. I mean, <laughs> isn't isn't that kind of the same vibe with, so I referenced this earlier as Space Jaws, the shark is more of an entity than a character. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we, we talked about Predator recently. In the original Predator, Obviously, I mean, he has the, the camouflage, right? So you don't see the Predator. But even then, he's only on screen for seconds at a time. Yeah. And he, then it yeah. moves away. So from that perspective, if you think of it as like a monster movie, then that's flawed. Because if if you're watching Dracula, Dracula is the star of the show. If you're watching Frankenstein, then the monster is probably the star of the show. Alien is not necessarily about the alien so much as it is the impact on the crew of the ship. Right. It's a uh, it's a story about some space truckers that have a a acidic rodent and they're trying to get rid of it. And then, so the thing I think one of the things that we had trouble with um, watching the watching it last night was the rapidity with which the the chest burster grows into that xenomorph of stature. Yeah, he very rapidly. So changes the only the only rationale that I could come up with was as it kills, it develops. That's all I got. I don't know. But I think one I think two two criticisms that I could have of this movie are it's really dark, very dark. And I get that that's kind of the tone and the vibe, but it does make it difficult to watch and kind of piggybacking off of that. uh, Some parts of it are really quiet. It's a deceptively dialogue-driven movie, and sometimes the actors are, like, right here, like, the microphone is right here, but sometimes the actors are, like, back here, and it, it creates that illusion of space, which you need because it's a confined set, you know, it's all coming about in the ship, but it's very difficult to watch and be like, wait, what's going on? Like, I couldn't hear three words, and now two people are dead. Like, what's go- what's happening? So, yeah, that is yeah, that is a fair. frustration. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's a, that's a, that's a good criticism. Yeah, that wasn't you just being picky. Like that was that was very good constructive criticism. They 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 probably needed it. <laughs> if they had just contacted us, man, we only, would not have been alive. So if if only good they had thing asked they us. Didn't. But if you ask us on if you should watch this movie, yes, I'm going to say 100% yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, especially yeah. if you look at we recently watched or for for this we recently covered Prey and Predator, right? I mean, they exist in the same... They they had a crossover. They had two crossovers. I didn't think people talked about AVPR. I thought it was people they just talking about AVP. They had a second one. It was... I didn't watch it. I mean, neither of them were... the first one. Neither of them were good, right? Like, oh, Pred- no, Predator is good. Alien is good. This It felt like a cash grab. It felt like Freddy vs. Jason, which was, came out around the same, same time. It was that same time frame. Yeah. Yeah. I One of the most fascinating things to me about the Alien series... Do you know the first three directors that Alien had? So it had Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott, James Cameron. You know who the third one was? Uh, A lot of people don't know this one because Alien Three is not quite as it's it's not regarded quite as highly as the first two. David Fincher directed Alien Three. Well, how about that? 
he has directed some of my absolute favorite movies. So it's it's very interesting to me that I don't know that it was his first feature film, but it was definitely one of his first feature films. Just route through Wikipedia this way. Filmography. It was. It was indeed. And then he, his next movie was Seven. Okay. That is. It was a big jump. Yes. I didn't know he did Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Have you read the book? No. I haven't either. I like the movie. I have not read the book. The movie scared me, so I don't want to read the book. I think that's fair. Oh, he also did Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? The American one. Yeah. Talk about a movie. Why haven't they made a sequel to that? Um, I don't have a good answer for that. I know they made... Because it's a, it's a Scandinavian book series, isn't it? I know we're, we're yes. rabbit-holing a little bit. It was made into a a movie series in Europe. And I want to say they did all three, but also the author like died in the middle of one of the books. I think maybe the fourth book and it was finished by a ghostwriter or something. I don't know, but I don't believe that author to did be the, among did the, the living girl with the dragon tattoo get to him. Uh, legally, I'm not allowed to comment. That implies that I know something. I don't know anything. I don't know. <laughs> we are, we are on a wild tangent. Let's rein it back in. So, um, we mentioned earlier, Alien is Sigourney Weaver's first movie. Um, you might have seen her in Ghostbusters. You may have heard her voice in Finding Nemo. No, Finding Dory. Oh, I actually actually didn't see that. Um, yeah, she she actually she just plays herself. Does she really? Yeah, she. They're at the aquarium, and and she's making like announcements that's on, the, on the intercom, and she's like, "This is Sigourney Weaver. Just letting you know that." That's actually really cool. I I get such a kick out of when actors play themselves. It's why I uh, it's why I really want to see that Nicolas Cage movie. That's like the third time I've brought him up in this episode. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. he plays like a caricature of himself who yes. has to go visit this dictator who's obsessed with him. I want to like, see that as that well. That movie looks so bad, but it looks so fun. That would be a fun movie to review. Yeah, I, I would be content with that. I think it's streaming somewhere. I don't know. We can figure that out later. Um, She was in Avatar? Yes, Which is was. coming back soon, unfortunately. You know that the, whole... The first one was re-released in theaters. So maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't like the rest of us. Yeah, it, it Morbius real hard. Nobody asked for yeah, this they, to get re-released. And yet here we nope. are. Yeah, here we are. They have the second one releasing soon. The Way of Water. water. And then they, uh, from what I've read, they've, they're already in post-production of the third one. So, so there you go. Brave. If we were not a family-friendly podcast, I would have said a different adjective. It's very brave of them to commit to <laughs> so brave i think you could guess what word i want to say jay um, a load of brave mm, yeah just a whole lot of brave stuff going on uh yeah. <laughs> they can go brave themselves whoa 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 brave let's brave let's let's walk that back a little <laughs> sigourney weaver is good tom scarrett i think is good he plays the the captain of the nostromo um there's not a whole lot of world building that goes into this movie it just kind of is yeah, it really it really is self-contained. Like, yeah. it, it really didn't have to cross over with anything else. They definitely made it to where there didn't have to be another one. It was just kind of left where it was, and there you go, and that's the movie. Hope you enjoyed it. See you folks later. And they were like, hey, let's go ahead and make a second one. And then they did, and they made it work. Yeah, ultimately. So good job, James Cameron. Yeah, all right. So um... check it out. Uh, I guess ratings. Um mm-hmm. What is our what is our funky custom scale for this one going to be? I don't know. Uh, while we're trying to come up with the scale, Jay, have you seen you've seen Spaceballs, right? Of course. Okay. So, 
Do you know the scene where they made fun of Alien? Yeah, where he he, he orders has, the soup. And then he has the, which it, that has to be an airplane reference, right? Yes. He orders the soup, he gets sick, and then the chestburster comes out, but it's in like a tuxedo and a little top hat and a cane. <laughs> it sings. And yeah, it has a little musical number. Obviously, I hadn't seen Alien until yesterday. I've seen Spaceballs multiple times throughout my life. Um, that is the scene that played in my head as that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and the people who watched the movie with me were just kind of like, what, what? <laughs> Why? Why are you chuckling? What's What's going? This This is terrifying. What's going on in your head? And then I had to explain. I was like, "Have you seen Spaceballs?" And they were like, "No." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Next Tuesday. Yeah, no, where Where it's? I'm gonna find a category to to shoehorn that into. I don't care. Mel Brooks is a comedic genius. Big fan. So I guess uh, how many? How many? Uh, hmm. How many? How many crew members many... on a scale of one to seven crew members? Uh, <laughs> Well, considering there's only one left by the end of this movie. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Everyone dies, but Ripley. Uh, and the cat. Who is there, apparently, to eat rodents on the ship, but it is never explained. Um, I'm having a really hard time coming up with a, a scale. Let's just one to ten it. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a daggum ten. Yeah, it's it's a ten. Yeah, it's... I give it a ten. If you're, if you're at all around or invested in the sci-fi genre of film, I mean, you've probably already seen this. Um, and if you haven't, I would say you owe it to yourself to watch it. I yeah, no, it, it's man, a lot of winners for us recently, and more yeah, and one, Morbius, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to balance it yeah, out a little. Take bit. the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah, that was good. This man just yeeted his notes. I sure did. Don't need those anymore. All right, so with that, next time, well. We we're still I think we're still in discussion about that because it's uh, it's our next episode is going to be our bonus episode for this month for Halloween. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It will actually be released Halloween day. So that's exciting. The spoopiest of spoopy days. Yes. So I think that uh, we will definitely have something Halloween themed. Just uh, not sure exactly what that will be yet, but we will be releasing that and here in uh two weeks yeah so keep keep an eye out for we do we want to when we come up with it do we want to post it on twitter do we want to just surprise people oh we'll post it okay give everybody a heads up yeah. coming your way that works for me soon coming soon to theaters you know i'm i'm glad that we have streaming services now and dvds but part of me misses the old vhs that would show you the <laughs> the trailers and stuff of right coming out soon which after the movie had been on VHS for longer than eight months, those trailers did not matter. Yep, that is. I I remember when when so this is gonna this is an old conversation. Uh, I remember going to Blockbuster and whenever did you see? Just sorry, side note, real quick. Did you see they're making a Blockbuster sitcom? No. Yes. That sounds like it could be horrible. It sounds like it could be awesome. Yeah. No, there's no in between. It will be great or it will be terrible. Yes. Um, but I remember I would always, like, even before I would watch the movie, I would route through the DVD menu and find the previews. And I was like, oh man, this is going to, the previews that they put on the disc are going to set the vibe for the movie. And they always did. <laughs> Crazy how that works, right? Yeah. They were, they always made sense with, with tone or content or whatever of what, of what the movie was. So I completely, I'm with you on that. I miss previews. And then, and then it would come up, it was usually a blue screen, and it would be in cursive, and it would say, and now, your feature presentation. I'd be like, oh, oh boy, it's time. this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to us ramble about 
all sorts of random stuff today. Uh, I feel like a little bit more random than normal, but I mean, I'm here for it. It was... Yeah, well, this one was pretty straightforward. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of news this time either. Yeah. It's... Next time we'll have quite a bit to talk about. Yeah, it's it's that time of the year. Yeah. But uh, with that, we'll leave you, leave you be. Have a, have a good rest of whatever you're doing right now. And uh, John and I will be back in two weeks with a Halloween special. You bet. And with that, nerd out.